It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Liz. And we host the Mom Deconstructed podcast. We interview moms to find out the real story of their mothering journey. Motherhood is the most difficult job there is, but unless we allow ourselves to create community and accept the help of others, it can be a very lonely endeavor. Let's get beyond the superficial, delve into the dreams that inspire us, the struggles that test us, and the conversations that connect us. You can listen to Mom Deconstructed anywhere you get your podcasts, from the Parents on Demand Network and at momdeconstructed.com. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, Mama. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. Thanks so much for being here. It's birth story time. So before we get into the episode, just want to remind you to look at the show notes for today's episode. And in there, you will find links in every episode to either the things that we chat about, the resources we share, stuff that's relevant for you, ways you can get in touch with us from our website to our social media, all of that jazz, and how you can listen to the show. So you can listen to the show with the Parents on Demand app, the network that we are a part of. So go check out parentsondemand.com. You can also download the app to your iPhone or your Android device, and you can listen to the show there, check out other shows. So all that is there for you. Okay, so always check the show notes. That is the moral of today's story. Well, this part of the story. But then there's a birth story. So I'm going to get into that. We're talking with Katie Suter today. And it's a really beautiful conversation and journey to birth for Katie from unexpectedly finding out she was pregnant in a joyful, excited way, but just not expecting it. And then to where she's at now being nine months postpartum and still processing a lot of her birth experience. And so what I love about our conversation is Katie is very real about some of the emotions and how she's moving through and healing through aspects of her birth that were traumatic. And I just am so grateful to her for that because I believe it's helpful for anyone else who is experiencing, who has experienced aspects of birth trauma or is still kind of processing that. So she's very open and honest about how she's working through that. And so she shares, she and her fiance, Andrew, their process to deciding on home birth and then the birth itself, which includes 48 total hours of labor from 30 at home and then the rest in the hospital and how that experience flowed and moved into an unplanned cesarean. But Katie's strength and her candor is just such a beautiful thing to behold. And I'm so grateful to have her on the show uh, and be a part of this community. So that's today's episode. Enjoy. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Katie. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you, love? Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to be here. Save, save. You know, we were having a lot of fun conversation before we hit record here. And we have been in touch in various ways, like been connected uh, for over a year now. You know, we had exchanged emails, messages. And so it's just really cool to bring, you know, relationships to new levels and a new, you know, full circles now having you on the podcast. It's just, it's really sweet. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I have honestly been wanting to be on since the first time I heard your show. I followed it from the beginning. So it's awesome. Wow. I'm glad to be here. Heck yeah. Um, so kick us off by telling us and listeners a little bit about you and your family and where you are, what you're up to. Sure. So um, I'm Katie, obviously. And uh, I have a fiance named Andrew. And he's an electrician. He's, he's uh, out of work right now for the second time in the past month for an injury, mm. but we're getting along there. Um, and then we have our son, uh, Andrew Michael. He is the fifth Andrew in the, in the line, actually. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah, I got that family line going, that family name. But uh, yeah, we're just, right now we're just hanging out making cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And um, Andrew, the fifth, is nine months old. Yes. Wow. Yep, yep. He's nine months old. He's starting to walk. He is saying mama. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Crazy sweet. how fast they grow. Oh, yeah. I... Yeah, girl, I get it. Um, (laughs) So let's talk a little bit then about your um, process of uh, planning for your birth. You know, when you found out you were pregnant and kind of what led into and what contributed to how you made your decision as to how you wanted to move through your pregnancy and plan for your birth. Yeah, so Andrew Michael was not planned. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew, um, my fiance had actually still been in college. So, and he was graduating that week. So I found found out out I was pregnant. Yep. Wow. Yep. So we weren't even living together yet. We had been together for six years at that point. Mm. Um, but had never lived together or anything. So it was just kind of like, oops, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we were so excited and over the moon. He cried when I told him like just the best experience ever finding out that he was coming into our lives. 
And um, then I had to start thinking about all the real stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I was like, I called my regular OB, um, who I actually hate. <laughs> I really disliked my regular OB. So I actually hung up and didn't even make an appointment with them. I was like, I don't want to start my child's off- life off like this. Oh, wow. I've had such bad experiences with them before. They've um, messed up my birth control for like mm. two years and then completely took me off of double dosing hormones. Mm. So I went through complete hormone withdrawal. They're like, yeah, well, just deal with it. And wow, it was just not a good experience. So I was like, I'm not going to them. That was the first, that was the first thing mm-hmm. that led me towards home birth. You know, I was like, not doing that. So I asked my mom, I was like, do you like your OB? She's like, yeah, well, you know, she's fine. It's, you know, an OB. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's good enough. Right. Mm. So I made an appointment with them and then I was waiting for an appointment. They wouldn't see me till, uh, eight or nine weeks. Mm. And I found out when I was four weeks, I was actually a week before my missed period when I found out I was pregnant. Like I just had an idea. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I was only four weeks pregnant, like two weeks after the implantation I knew. So um, that was a long time for me to wait. I've never been through anything like this before. I was completely shocked. So I was like, that's a long time. I'm not feeling so good about this. Mm. So I just kept reading about it. Um, I was like, do I have to wait this long? And then that read me, led me to, do I have to see this person? And then that led me to, well, what are my other options? Because, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, because me, I'm in the alternative uh, health field anyway, at being a massage therapist by trade. Um, so I don't really get along with doctors very well generally um i've just seen what they can do to some people i mean some are great don't get me wrong just in my personal experience i haven't run into a lot of great ones Mm. um so i'm always looking for other ways to do things i do acupuncture every week for the past two years three years um so i'm always looking for what are my other options which i think is such a big feel when you get pregnant Mm -hmm. because it doesn't seem like there are any options like you go to your OB you know it's just that's just what you do right so um so it was really I started googling like I don't honestly I have no idea what led me to google midwives Mm -hmm. I just think that I it was like a word in the back of my mind that I was like I think this is a thing Maybe, maybe it used to be a thing a hundred years ago. I don't know. Let's Google it. So, um, I Googled it. I found one near me and I said, Hey, uh, I said, Hey, Andrew, let's go check this out. Mm. And he's crazy just like me. So he was like, okay, I trust you. Let's go. That's awesome. So that started our journey Mm. there. (laughs) That's, that's really cool. So it's like you had this 
I guess you could call it downtime, which is not really downtime because I'm sure it was mixed with a lot of emotions and, and nervousness and excited energy and stuff. Cause you just want to, you know, you want to have a care provider. You want to have someone assist you and support you in what's going on with your body in this completely new experience where a lot is going to change for you. And there's a lot down the pipeline. Um, but you're just kind of doing the waiting game. So in that you had this time to reflect and to research and to look and say, Oh, I do have other options. What are they? Okay, cool. And almost like this, download, you know, from the universe or something. Okay, midwife. Mm -hmm. And then here we are. So that's, uh, that's really cool how that all kind of came together and aligned. Yeah, I'm pretty glad that they made me wait. Um, now (laughs) I wasn't then, but yeah. And then when we went to go see the, um, midwife, she said that she does the, um, sorry, the hospital that she works with, she has two options, hospital or home birth. Okay. And the hospital that she works with is about an hour away from me. So I wasn't thrilled about that. And we have a hospital five minutes down the road from us. But my boyfriend looked at me, boyfriend at the time, he looked at me and said, well, what about home birth? Wow. And I kind of like laughed and we were in the car going home from the appointment and I kind of laughed and I was like... I was like, yeah, I mean, maybe. And he just like looked at me and I was like, are we really talking about this? Mm. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, maybe. So. <laughs> okay. So what and turned really- that maybe into a yes? What was that in between? <laughs> um. Well, I think that it kind of was a yes from the beginning, but mm. we were both too scared to say it. Okay. Um, because after we heard the midwife's credentials and all her experience and everything that she said to us, we just trusted her. Mm. Um, her name's Kathy. We just trusted her completely. And who better, you know, to deliver a baby than a midwife over a surgeon to us, mm. you know, and that would be as a surgeon. And that just doesn't, it just doesn't synergize with me mm. and my beliefs. Mm-hmm. So um, why not have someone that practices in it 24-7 with all of these women? I forget how many births she has, but definitely, I think, over 500 births she Mm -hmm. has under her belt. So um, she was so highly recommended. I actually, my cousin, his wife, delivered with Kathy as well. Mm. So we found that out because she was like, oh, did someone refer you to me? And I was like, no, I just found you on the internet. She's like, because we have another suitor. I can't tell you who it is. And I was like, oh, I know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So so, how did you experience your your pregnancy and and prenatal care and and then in the the preparation conversations? How was that for you? It was so easy and effortless, Mm -hmm. which is a big deal for me. Um, Trying to... Again, with the, I, I have a big problem going to doctor's offices, if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, at just the waiting rooms and everything like that. I never waited to see Kathy. She always just, she sat on the floor and like leaned on her hands and talked like up to me sitting on the chair. And I was like, whoa, that's different. And she was always explaining everything to me. And she always had time for all of my questions and just to make me feel good. And I had her personal number if I just was like, hey, is this normal? And she always made time for me. And it just made it so easy in a time where I'm 
I was a little hyper, like, is everything okay? I was just a little manic, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just made it easy. So it was just the quality of care was unbelievable. And I'm so grateful that I went to her from the beginning. Mm. And then how was Andrew's experience through the pregnancy? And how was he, you know, stepping into that uh, role as a as a birth partner and getting ready to be a dad? Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> he's so awesome. He now he's awesome, but maybe a little lazy. <laughs> I got him all these books on home birth and stuff like that. And he didn't read any of them. But he was super interested in them if I would tell him what's in them. <laughs> gotcha. But he um, he went with me to all my appointments for like the first half of the pregnancy. After that, I was like, you don't really need to take off work to come anymore. Like, I'm comfortable now. We're okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just went to the, um, you know, the ultrasounds, which I did have because I was super hyper aware of what was going on. And I was like, I need to make sure everything's fine all the time. Mm-hmm. First mom syndrome, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he was great. He, I mean, he's supportive of everything that I want to do. Um, If I say, hey, what about this crazy idea? He goes, all right, I trust you. Mm -hmm. I trust Kathy. You guys go ahead. (laughs) What about a water birth? And he was like, will the baby drown? And I was like, no, because, you know, they don't start (laughs) using their lungs until they hit oxygen and all the stuff that Kathy had taught me. And he was like, oh, all right, sounds good. (laughs) So, I mean, that's a great question. And then once you have a clear, definitive answer on that question, I guess then you can roll with it. Like, okay, I'm on board. Exactly. Exactly. So were your plans to have Andrew and Kathy present and anyone else or just the small, intimate group? So I originally, um, actually, after listening to your podcast, I was like, I need this big birth team. Like, I need, like you had, I need someone for me. I need someone for Andrew. I need someone taking pictures. I need blah, blah, blah. And then as I got further along and I got bigger and bigger, I was like, everyone just leave me alone. Yeah, I was it. like, I am not going to want anyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, and our plan was actually to um, have the birth at my parents' house. Okay. Because their house is bigger and cleaner, dare I say, and uh, <laughs> more closer to everything. Like me and Andrew live out in the sticks away from everything. And so our plan was to give birth at my parents' house and then actually stay there for like six to eight weeks. Okay. Um, and they can help us with the baby and we can get settled and stuff. So I'm not alone in the middle of the woods, a half hour away from everyone. Right. Um, so that was the plan. So I was like, I guess my mom, I can't really tell her not to be there, but I did talk to her and I was like, I don't really want you in the room unless I ask for you because I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about it. And, um, I'll ask for you if I want you there. But I did tell everyone, I told Andrew not to tell his parents that they could come over during the labor or even immediately after birth. I just, I wanted to hold that space for myself and everyone was super supportive about it. That's great. Awesome. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, 
Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So then let's talk a little bit about moving into birthing time, if you're open to that. So what was going on in those last couple days of your pregnancy? So Andrew Michael was a whopping 13 days late. Ooh. 13 hours late. All right. (laughs) So I work, where I work, um, not massaging my my part-time job, um, I work for my mom. She owns an office. Um, everyone that knows that that works there has known me since I was one years old. Oh. So every day I would come in and every day, every single woman that I passed would be like, oh, that baby's still in there? <laughs> like, stop talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> or like, what are you doing at work? And I'm like, why? Like, I'm working. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was super irritable at the end there. and. So, um, I had just barricaded in my house for the past, for the last week, I think. Mm-hmm. I told my mom, I was like, I'm starting my leave now. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Give my work away. I'm not leaving this house because every single person that saw me would be like, oh, you still haven't had the baby. So, yeah. that's where I was. <laughs> and then I have this really great friend, Tess. Um, I can't talk about my birth story without bringing her into it because she's the most amazing supportive friend I've ever had in my life. Um, And she was staying with me. She planned to come like the week or two after the baby was born, but he still wasn't here. Gotcha. So she came and stayed with me um, that week um, that we're going to get into right now. So that was pretty interesting too. She ended up being a pretty big part. Mm. (laughs) so it was Wednesday morning when everything kicked off. Okay. It was, um, let me think of the date here, August 21st, I think. That might be one or two days or one day off in either direction. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the 21st. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was Wednesday morning. And then um, I woke up and I, there was a little wetness. And I was like, did my water break? And I was laying in bed Google it like it could trickle out in some cases so I was like huh maybe that's my water I don't know mm-hmm. so you know I put a pad on and me and Tess went out to breakfast and everyone everyone there was like oh you didn't have the baby yet I was like hopefully today I think something's happening mm-hmm. I don't know but maybe um and then it got a little bit you know later in the day we just hung out and relaxed just in case anything was going to happen. And I called the midwife at like six o'clock and I was like, so I think this happened, but nothing has happened since. And she was like, I'm pretty sure you'll know when your water breaks. You won't be guessing. And I was like, well, the internet said, and she's like, no, (laughs) you'll know. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I guess it didn't happen yet. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to come see you tonight and we're going to do um, a Foley bulb. So what that is, is the little balloon that they put in your cervix Mm -hmm. that they fill with water to kind of dilate it um, to get things going. So she comes and I was so scared about this. (laughs) I've had an IUD in the past and I did not handle that well. So thinking that she was putting something in my cervix and filling it up with water was not very good. Mm. But uh, Andrew held my hand through it, and um, 
she gets down there and she goes, huh, you're already like four centimeters dilated. Mm. And I was like, cool. Sweet. I was here thinking how naive I was. I was thinking, oh, we're almost halfway done. Mm. And I haven't felt anything. Um, so she was like, honestly, we only really dilate the cervix with the Foley bulb to like four to five centimeters. So it might just fall out. It might not do anything. Mm. I was like, all right, well, let's try. So that was at eight o'clock. She put it in. She didn't even get to the end of our driveway. And I like got up to pee and it came right out. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, huh, all right, well, maybe something will happen soon. At this point, I just want the, I just want the baby out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I went to bed around maybe nine. And then I wasn't even fully asleep. Like, I think it was 9.30. And it takes a while for me to fall asleep, especially nine months pregnant. Almost 10 months pregnant. So it was like 9.30 and my water broke everywhere. And I knew it. Okay. (laughs) And I hear lots of people talk about how um, you hear the pop. Definitely heard the pop. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely knew it. It didn't happen earlier. But it happened. So Wednesday night was that. And labor started immediately. I started getting these serious, like there were no, there were no gentle wave um, contractions. There was none <laughs> of that. There was no nice music playing or walks down to the creek. It was serious, intense labor from the very beginning. And I looked at Andrew and was like, I don't think I can do this. And he was like, yes, you can. We're going to do this. And I was like, yes, that's the partner I need. Thank you. Mm. So all through the night, I pretty much spent the entire night in the shower because I felt like when I was in the shower with the hot water on my back, it was almost like I wasn't having contractions. Like it was magic. (laughs) It was amazing. So I had him go down to the hot water heater in the basement and turn that up so it would get hotter and stay hotter longer. (laughs) So I was in the shower completely all night until the morning and um and it was serious like like i said it went it went to like 100 right away yeah um my good friend tess was sleeping on in the bedroom next to ours and she said she didn't get much sleep because as i found out i am a very vocal person Mm -hmm. in labor Mm -hmm. i thought that i would maybe bear it with dignity i didn't Hey, just because, um, you know, just to not let you do that to yourself. I don't think bearing anything with dignity means you can't be loud. You can't be this. You know, everyone has their unique expression. And from birth to birth, you know, I've heard women who, women who are like silent virtually for one and then not for others. So, you know, I think, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Absolutely. just had to throw You're that right. in there. <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. Um, but it was... Uh, it was crazy. I had this picture in my mind of like, I watched all the things on orgasmic birth and I was yeah. like, I could totally turn this into a sensual thing. Yeah. Like I could totally turn it in my direction. No, <laughs> didn't want Andrew to touch me. Didn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't want to think about anything like that. I was like, okay, mark that off the list. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, uh, I was bouncing on my and everything. So come morning, um, I, let's see what happened there. Still in and out of the shower till about noon. I tried to eat some pancakes. It didn't, 
didn't really work. Mm. I wasn't able to eat too much. Um, I wasn't able to sit or lay down at all. Like if I sat or lay down, the break in between contractions would just go away. Mm. And it would just be continuous. They would just compound on each other. So um, I was standing all night and all morning. And then Andrew was like, maybe we should get to your parents' house before it gets a little, you know, too late. He's like, it's been 12 hours already. Okay. Let's go to your parents' house. So we pack up everything, get in the car, um, and we go to my parents' house, which is about 20 minutes away. And I don't even remember the drive, to be completely honest. Everything's kind of a blur from here. We... um. I went, was in and out of the shower there, too. Um, we called the midwife, and when we got to my parents, we called the midwife, and she was like, okay, well, sounds like you're still pretty early. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm still early? And she was talking to Andrew on the phone, and I was like, tell her that I'm screaming. <laughs> he didn't tell her that, but I'm sure she could hear me. Um but she was like, try and sit down. She got me to put a chair in the shower. I still couldn't sit down. Um, so that went on all Thursday. And then um, Thursday evening, she came and she checked me. And I was about uh, six centimeters dilated, probably mm. around like five o'clock. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, that's some progress she was like don't be discouraged it can go fast it can go slow Mm -hmm. but there's progress so we're happy and I was like okay we're happy and she guessed that the baby would come around 2 a.m so she was like I'm gonna go because I don't live far but you can call me and I was like ah that doesn't sound very good Mm. (laughs) and she's like okay I'll stay because there are extra couches here and extra beds if I can sleep I'll stay I was like, okay. So I had her check me. I woke her up to check me around eight. Oh, no, I guess she wasn't sleeping. She was eating dinner with my family, I think. I don't really know. I was in labor. Yeah, yeah, you get a pass on awareness of everyone's (laughs) ongoings. (laughs) Yeah, oh, my gosh. Speaking of that, I didn't even think about it until after. My dad and my mom and Tess were downstairs in the house totally hearing me in labor my dad was so uncomfortable he hated it I'm oh. such a, he's so protective of his little girl and oh. he's he was like I was told he was like pacing around and like couldn't relax wow <laughs> yeah it was really sweet of him mm. uh, so yeah okay so at 8 p.m I I grabbed her and asked her to check me and I was eight centimeters and she was like okay that's good we're getting close to transmission we're doing it 12 p.m. rolls around, or 12 a.m., I guess, rolls around. I asked her to check me again because it was, I felt like, I was like, maybe I need to push. This could be a sensation. So she checked me, and I was still around 8 to 9 centimeters. Um, In and out of the shower for a couple more hours. 2 p.m., still 8 to 9 centimeters. Um. Happened again at four, still eight to nine centimeters. So and at this, this is point, Friday this is like, four at this point, like Friday. This is Friday wow. in the morning. Yes. Okay. Yes. Friday, 4 a.m. So this it. started okay. Wednesday and we're at Friday morning now. Wow. So at when she checked me at 4 a.m., she, um, she said that 
possibly there was some meconium okay. in there. So she was like, you've been in late. The water has been broken for 30 hours at this point. Um, and there might be meconium. Baby doesn't seem to be distressed. His heart rate's fine, but we should probably transfer you because at this point I hadn't sat down. I hadn't laid down. I've been standing for 30 hours in labor. Mm-hmm. And she just, she was like, I feel so bad for you. You just, we need to get an epidural in you. Mm. So my choices at 4 a.m. on Friday morning in transition were the hospital five minutes down the road or the hospital an hour down the road where I could keep my midwife. Uh-huh. I went to the close hospital. Okay. I, at that point, I just wanted the pain to stop, to be completely honest. Right. Um, there had been multiple times, and I know everyone says this, so I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I was very dramatic. I'm a very dramatic person by nature, mm-hmm. but I had multiple times that I can't do this. Like, take me to the hospital. This isn't happening. And then they're like, it's okay. I'm like, you're right. It's okay. It's fine. So when she said that I need to go to the hospital, I was like, okay, take me to the closest one. I'm done. Okay. So, um, the ride to the hospital was rough, but we get there and, um, they take me back and where I'm sitting in the bed, which they made me lay in the bed, which as I told you, the contractions were just compounding. They made me lay in the bed while we waited for the OB, which they had to call the uh, on-call one because it was 4 a.m. and there were no Mm -hmm. scheduled births. Mm -hmm. So, um... Because I was unscheduled and my midwife came in with me, thank goodness, and she was my advocate and she was giving them all the uh, paperwork and everything, but mm-hmm. um, she couldn't actually do anything. Right. So um, I was laying in the bed and straight in front of me was the bathroom and straight through the open door was the shower. And I was like, can you please let me stand in the shower while we wait for the doctor? And they're like, no, you have to lay in the bed. Mm-hmm. It's like, please let me stand in the shower. <laughs> They're like, no, we can't. Cause they had their, um, they wanted to monitor the baby's heart oh. rate. Mm-hmm. And I guess they, they have a um, mobile one, but it was not working for some reason. There mm-hmm. was something with the computers were down and it wasn't working. So they had to hook me up the old fashioned way. And they're like, you can't get up. Sorry. And I was like, okay, well, I have to pee. How about that? Can I go pee? <laughs> And they're like, okay, you can pee. So I literally stood in the bathroom with the door closed with my midwife, pretending that I was going to the bathroom for like 15 minutes until the OB on call showed up. There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I need to stand up somehow. Mm-hmm. So um, then starts the hospital portion of it. Right. And everything gets a little crazy from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry if I get a little emotional. No, this is this is definitely a roller coaster of emotions for me. I understand. So, um, a doctor comes in, and I come out of the bathroom. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll come out now. <laughs> I sat on the bed, and they're like, well, now we have to call in. The doctor approved the um, the spinal tap. So 
we had to wait. They had to call the anesthesiologist in. Right. So we had to wait another 10, 15 minutes for the anesthesiologist to come in and um, give me the epidural. So after that, it kicked in pretty fast, as I'm sure anyone that has had an epidural knows, um, straight into the spine. So pretty fast. And I did get to rest. I laid down and fell asleep for about three or four hours. Mm. So um, it's mid-morning at this point when I wake up and they're like, well, OB comes in. It's actually the o- the OB that delivered me oh, at wow. the same hospital. Yep, with my mom. Huh. And he's, he's, honestly, he's the best. I'm glad that I got him. Mm. Out of anyone that it could have been, as my weird stigma with doctors, I'm glad that it was him because he great. was very sweet. Um, but, you know, and everyone was like, oh, are you the one that, like, labored at home for 30, for 30 hours? And all the nurses were coming in and asking me what was going on. And <laughs> they were, like, talking about it and stuff. That was kind of cool. I felt like a warrior at that point. <laughs> So um, I'm still like nine centimeters and the OB checks me again. And at this point, they're trying not to check me very often because they don't want to risk infection Mm -hmm. because um, the water's been broken for so long. So um, he did check me and he said, you know, you're still about nine centimeters, but his head is right there. And I think that you should try and push. And I'll try and, like, move the skin around his head. Okay. And we'll try and push him out anyway. Okay. So, he, they, like, set me up to track my contractions because I couldn't feel them at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, every time that there was one, I pushed. And that went on. I pushed for, I think, two and a half, almost three hours. The nurses that were helping me were, like... Yeah, they were like, you can take a re- you can take a break, but me, I knew that my time was running out mm-hmm. to have this baby naturally. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get him out. And at that point, I wasn't thinking about how tired I was. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just like, I need to get my son out. Mm-hmm. So this is what I got to do. To me, it wasn't even an option. There were um, nurses that had gone home that morning and then come back for the next shift. And I was still in labor, still pushing. <laughs> Um, and they came in to check on me and they're like, I'm down the hall, but you know, I just want to say good job. Mm. So many nurses came and told me that it's so nice to see, like, I think that I, I was a little delirious at this point, but I think that they said, um, it's so nice to see a woman like fighting so hard for her baby. And that was just so nice to hear because I'm here thinking like what choice do I have Mm -hmm. you know I want to I want to have this baby so what choice do I have to give up Mm. that wasn't even it wasn't even a thought in my mind I couldn't even comprehend why people were saying like good job Mm. because I was just like I'm just doing what I have to do looking Mm. back now it's really nice to have that support of all of those wonderful nurses (laughs) but uh so almost three hours of pushing and the OB um, it's like, we need to try something else. He's not budging. He's not coming out. So he tried the vacuum to try and suck him out, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but I was like, mm-hmm. if it cuts him out, get him out. Right. Like, get him out. <laughs> Don't hurt him. Just get him out. 
um, that didn't work. And the uh, they tried to use the um, the clamps. What are they called? Um, forceps. Yeah, the forceps. Okay. Sorry, I was blanking. That was where the real like trauma started to happen. That was not a fun experience for me. Mm. Um, yeah, sorry if I tear up talking about it. He he was trying to get the forceps around the baby's head to pull him, and I just kept saying, "Please don't hurt him." please don't hurt him. Whatever you do, just don't hurt the baby. I was like, I know this is your job. I know this is what you do. Just don't hurt him. Um, and he couldn't get them. I guess they go in in two separate. Um, they're not connected. They're, they're like two separate okay. utensils. And then once you get them in, you like click them together. Oh, wow. So how, whatever happened, um, he couldn't get them positioned correctly for them to like click into place for him to pull the baby out um he tried i don't know how many times what seems like a million times he tried to get them to click into place and you could like feel the click like in my body it was hard it was really hard any woman that goes through that i my heart goes out to them Mm -hmm. that was really hard um but so he tries the vacuum one more time. He said, okay, give me, we're going to try three more big pushes with these contractions and I'm going to try and suck him out. And if this doesn't work, C-section. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that anyone had even mentioned C-section to me. That was the first time like in my mind that I was like, oh my God, this is a possibility that I'm not going to be able to birth my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of hit me and I was like, okay, so he's coming out now. That's it. That's mm-hmm. like, he's coming, he's coming out now. So he tried to suction him out again and uh, three contractions go by, pushing with all my might. Nothing. He doesn't come out. He doesn't even budge. Mm-hmm. So the doctor puts it down and he says, I'm sorry. I know you don't want this, but we have to, we have to get him out. We have to do a C-section. So I started crying and it's really crazy because he like held the paperwork in front of me and he's like, you have to sign this paperwork before we can give you your C-section. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to sign. I don't want to sign this. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Cause for me looking back now, I just should have adjusted my perception of what could happen. Okay. But for me, it wasn't even, it was so far from the home birth that I planned. It wasn't even a possibility in my mind that it was going to come to this. So when he told me to sign the papers, I was like, that's not possible. Like I had been in labor for now 46, I think hours. And I was like, I was delirious with lack of sleep and pain. And I was like, I'm not signing that. So eventually he did make me sign it and we went in and, um, I'm not sure how many details you want about the C-section. Well, just how you experienced it and how what you feel like sharing is what I am open to holding space for you to share. Okay. So because I was so exhausted and at this point I was so doped up with medicine Mm -hmm. because they just kept giving it to me um, and I was so tired that when they increased so that they made the epidural stronger 
for the C-section because you could still feel with the epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to put more medicine into you. When I was laying there, um, when they make it stronger, no one tells you this, and I'm going to talk about it so that other people know, <laughs> and they're not blindsided like I was, your body shakes, like oh. full-on seizure shakes. Um, my fiance came into the room at that point when I was shaking and he looked terrified. I could tell that he was terrified because I, I bit my, I had a, like a scar or, um, a huge bite in my tongue from like my jaw clenching. I was shaking so hard. Wow. So Um, no one told you that that, cause this can't, you're not the only woman this has happened with or this has happened to. So it's didn't just no one mentioned that. No one ever mentions wow. it. And I've talked to a couple people since then, and they're like, yeah, the shakes, that's normal. Wow. And I was like, I I just had no idea. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't really tell you what they're doing or anything. They just start pushing on your stomach. And you can feel pressure. You just can't feel the pain. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just trying to stay calm. I, like, smiled at my husband or my fiance. Sorry. I call him all things. I call him boyfriend, fiance, that husband. Guy. Yeah, that guy I live with. Um, I I tried smiling at him because I was like afraid that he was gonna freak out. Now, little did I know he was not freaking out. He was watching everything because he's really fascinated by medical things. But I was trying to be strong for him, and I was like, "It's okay. Like I'm, I'm shaking, but everything's fine." Or maybe I was just being strong for myself. I don't. Maybe. Um. But when they pulled him out, this was this wasn't like horrible or anything. It just definitely something I remember. When they pulled him out, it felt like they pulled like a whole like anaconda out of my body. Wow. He just like kept going, yeah. and it just like I felt like empty after that. And I was <sighs> just like, okay, and I was like delirious at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but they tried to show him to me. I couldn't really see, and. Uh, we had no time to talk about what I wanted to do, like what I wanted for the baby afterwards. And since he had been, since I had been in labor so long, um, they wanted to whisk him away right away to do tests to make mm-hmm. sure he was okay. So I didn't get to hold him for a while, which still kind of breaks me up inside. Because <laughs> I wanted to do the skin to skin, the delayed court clamping, you know, everything. Yeah. But, uh, but thankfully, my um, big Andrew did get to hold him and do skin to skin almost right away. They, um, they cut the cord, cleaned him off a little bit, weighed him, measured him, and then sent him back to the room with Andrew um, while I was recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got to do skin to skin, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But I don't, they, I vaguely remember, I remember that I held him. When I got back, but I don't remember actually holding him or, you know, nursing him for the first time or anything. I don't Mm -hmm. remember any of that. But, and that's hard for me to come to terms with. Yeah, I um, I can imagine. But all things said and done, he was healthy. I was healthy. Um, I just, that first night alone with him after that, because everyone went home. Because Andrew had been up with me for this 48 hours, too. 
And he was going to be no use to me sleeping in the chair next to my bed. Mm. Maybe it would have been nice to have, you know, the company or whatever. But I told him that it was okay if he wanted to go home, shower, get rest, and then come back. Mm. Mm. So that first night I was, you know, alone in the hospital after 48 hours of labor, taking care of this newborn baby after abdomen surgery, you know. Um, And just the whole thing was crazy. It was it was hard to come to terms with as I was sitting there. Like I couldn't put him down or pick him up, and I was alone, and it was just crazy. And it's hard. It's it's this is like the first time I'm telling the whole story mm. from beginning to end. But I'm definitely healing and working through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard. Yeah. What are some things? that you feel like have helped you in the healing? Because, you know, healing, when I look at it, it's like ongoing, right? It's this process Mm -hmm. and continuum and journey and, you know, um, because it's your story and it's not something, you know, your birth story, your experience of pregnancy and birth and as a mother and, you know, now little Andrew being here, you know, none of that ends. So, you know, they're mm-hmm. all, it's, it's interwoven, you know, in a, in a way that Definitely. just allows you to continue to add to it, reexamine it, modify it, you know, like as you go on. So as this has gone on for you, what are some of the things that have been helpful for you? Definitely. So there's, um, there's the fact that he's the baby. Um, little Andrew is so strong mm. and smart. And, and I think that, you know, he came from a warrior's beginning. He was fighting to come out. I was fighting to get him out. We fought together. And um, that really helps me. Um, another thing that really helps me is they did tell me, um, like I did everything possible yeah. to get a natural birth. Yeah. Like I went through, we went through every single step that we possibly could have. I didn't give up. I didn't say, okay, fine. You know, I'm over it. Just, you know, cut them out. Um, so that helped me come to terms with it. Um, because I did try everything that I could have. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, um, after he pulled him out, actually the first thing, that they said when they pulled him out, the nurse was like, so it's a boy just confirming what we already knew. Um, and the, the doctor said, this isn't a boy. This is a man. (laughs) He was just, he was just big. He was, um, he was nine pounds, 10 ounces. So not unheard of big, but he really looked like a three month old. Like he just, he was big. Yeah. (laughs) And they said, if I would have pushed him out, we probably would have broke his shoulder or like oh. squeezed his head or, you know, too much or broke my, you know, broke something in me. Um, and it just wasn't, if I could have gotten him out, it wouldn't have been good for anyone anyway. Hmm. So that definitely helps me too, because I know that it had to happen that way. And um, we're both okay. Yeah. You know, I'm really, I I just wanted to share that one thing you mentioned as you were telling the story and I didn't want to interrupt because that was how you experienced it. And that was, you know, your, um, 
your piece of it, but from a listener's perspective, you know, when you shared, you know, when this, when the C-section conversation came into play and you said something to the extent of, you know, I never thought I wouldn't be able to birth my baby or, you know, it was something along that line. And, and all that Mm -hmm. I thought when you said that was, um, you know, completely understanding of how, and particularly in that moment you would feel that way. Um, but you did birth your baby. You know, and your body yeah. birthed your baby, just not in the way that you thought you would. Um, but I just want to share that with you as a listener, as a woman, as a mother, and hearing all the stories that we do. You know, you birthed your baby, you know, and, and when you, you. you talk about the methods and the options and the things that you approached, you did. And what you what you ended up experiencing or what what was necessary to bring Andrew here was another option as well and not anything that you had to do because other things tried didn't work it was it's not this failure or last resort or things like that it it's it's you move along the course of option this okay means then this then this then this it's it was a progression mm-hmm. rather than a deterioration of what you what you thought and envisioned. So I just wanted to share that with you as a, you know, listening to this story, you know, in its entirety that you completely birthed your baby and you tried everything you did and you succeeded in everything that you did because everything you did brought you to, you know, your ultimate experience. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Like I said, I'm still, I'm still healing through it. So it is really nice to hear that. Um, and I, I have, I'm in a couple C-section support groups on That's Facebook great. and stuff like that. Um, one's called Our Bodies Didn't Fail Us. So when that mm-hmm. pops up, it's a good reminder. Um, and, you know, it is good to know that, like, if this were way back in the Middle Ages or something, mm-hmm. either one of us or possibly both of us wouldn't have survived. Right. And that really helps me, too, in a weird kind of, it was a scary realization. But it also helps me because medicine, as much as I like to hate on it, it really saved us. Mm-hmm. And it's really incredible what they can do. Like a C-section isn't such a big deal. They can cut open an abdomen and take a baby out and everyone end up, you know, okay mm-hmm. in a few days. Yeah. So that helped me too. It's just all these things that I have to keep reminding myself that... um next time we can plan for it you know Mm -hmm. it really helps that next time at first I couldn't even think about having another baby it was just too traumatic um but I've always wanted a big family Mm. I've always wanted lots of kids Andrew wants seven kids I think right Andrew (laughs) we're not gonna have seven but (laughs) but um you know, so that was, I had to get back to be, I had to be okay with that and going through possibly more C-sections. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to try for a VBAC, but I'm also going to have in my plans, like if it lasts this long or if this happens without progression or something, we're just going to, we're going to do a C-section. So I'm not all doped up on medicine. So I know what's happening with my baby afterwards mm-hmm. so that I can hold him, so I can nurse him, so I can see him, <laughs> you know. So that really helps too, because I can I can plan better next time because it is in the realm of possibilities now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that's amazing. I'm glad you shared that too. That part of how you can 
look at your now in a way. Like what I'm hearing is how you can look at and process where you are currently is to also think about what you can create new. You know mm-hmm. what can what you can yeah. do in in the future and how you can um, experience something different or just have the the knowledge that you do now have the experiential learning that you do now uh, and how that can be applied. Definitely, mm. definitely, and yeah. you know it's pretty incredible what our ba- what our bodies do. Oh. <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I know Matthew says it about you all the time that he's in awe watching you go through it, mm-hmm. and Andrew says that about me too. That mm-hmm. it was just, I was just a warrior, and mm-hmm. I never thought that I could be a warrior. You know, I was never a really strong person. Mm-hmm. So. um I'm sure in my own ways, but it's really nice to be like, I went through 48 hours of labor. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you amassed like a fan club in the, in the hospital yeah. wing. Like that's amazing. Yeah. You know, women, you know, or the nurses coming in and checking on you, like in and out of shifts, being down the hall and, you know, like there was an investment yeah. in your experience. And I think that speaks volumes about who you are and in the, the sense of you as a, as a warrior, as a woman and, and that energy that you bring, you know, those people didn't know you, the, you know, they just knew mm-hmm. of your experience and your story and that has power. And so um, to, to galvanize, you know, the people around you like you did, uh, that's something really unique, you know, that's something special. And so I think that's uh, something that you can think about as well. Definitely. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know, it's funny, just real quick, one yeah. more little side note. After you said that, when we went to, actually twice this happened, when we went to my first, um, after, like my um, checkup after the C-section, mm-hmm. the nurses were like, oh, are you the one that tried to, you're the one that labored for 30 hours at home, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. And that happened again at the baby's first checkup Mm. at his pediatrician they knew who he was and they knew our story and they congratulated me on you know fighting so hard for him Mm. that's amazing yeah see ripple effects to that and you know an impression you left um and that's what I think you're doing here now, Katie. You know, I'm sure there's going to be mothers who have experienced maybe aspects similar to what you did or who didn't, haven't, but now have some insight into that and some understanding for other women or women that they know. And that, you know, you're just, this is a part of your journey as well, you know, in, in sharing your story. So I am so grateful to you for that and for coming on the show and being a part of the community. And uh, you're just you're amazing. You're rocking it. So keep doing it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing of you to provide the space for me and all the other moms that come on here. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. 
If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.